Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No my Heidi my. Today is August 31st and now let's talk some rugby. Okay, so I had a super busy week last week. Couldn't get any podcasts done. Apologies about that. Um, for today, just mostly going to try and recap uh, the Super Rugby AU uh, weekends. Uh, that would be round 8 and round 9, so the last two weekends of August. Uh, and then also have a look at the North-South game. Have a bit of a tentative look at it, and or maybe just uh, myself picking uh, perhaps a team, if you will, uh, from the squads that were announced uh, in mid-August. Basically, what do I think would be the strongest team uh, if you had to pick an All Blacks uh, squad or an All Blacks uh, 23, uh, you know, for early September, which, you know, thankfully, uh, you don't have to do or nobody has to do. But yeah, I'm just going to treat it like that. Uh, and then maybe after the game is actually being played uh, this uh, this coming weekend, which will be the first weekend of September, uh, after the game is actually played, I might go back and have a look and see, uh, you know, did those players actually play? Were they injured, etc.? Uh, and then did other players perhaps outperform them, perform better? Uh, and, you know, would I repick the squad or, you know, would I repick certain players and or, you know, choose new ones? Uh, so yeah, I think that's something that I'll have a go at. Uh, maybe I'll leave, hopefully I won't be too busy on Friday, and hopefully I'll leave that for a real deep dive of the North-South, like a real deep dive preview of the North-South match. I think by then we'll definitely, uh, I mean it should be on the Saturday, so we'll, we certainly should have the squads uh, that are actually good to go, uh, you know, as of September rather than the squads uh, that I'm looking at, which are, you know, announced in mid-August. So yeah, enough of that. Let's get into Super Rugby AU and see uh, what's been happening the last couple of weekends uh, since I have done my last podcast. So yeah, uh, the last time I did do a podcast, which was, yeah, more than a week ago, uh, a couple of Fridays back, I think, uh, I was pretty optimistic or I was really hoping to be able to do uh, a bit of a deep dive into Super Rugby AU, maybe pick uh, one match per weekend uh, to you know deep dive it and have a good look through uh, individual player performances and uh, team performances, if you will. Uh, pretty much like I've been doing in uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, like I said, like just due to life, due to work, etc., uh, just was not able to do a podcast at all uh, last week. Uh, and I actually did, um, you know, watch a full match. I watched the Brumbies against the Waratahs, which was the match, the first match I really wanted to deep dive. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't really live up to expectations. Uh, so, you know, my, uh, I guess my interest in deep diving it uh, was sort of lost. Uh, and then this weekend being, uh, I followed the games, but I didn't actually watch them. So I'm just going to have a quick squiz around, uh, you know, tell you the scores tell you what I did in terms of Superbrew, uh, the predictive, uh, you know, betting options website uh, that you can use, sort of sports options, sports betting, whatever, that's a prediction uh, website uh, that I have a couple of uh, pools in, uh, so yeah, just tell you how I went basically uh, and recap the scores, then yeah, moving on to the uh, north-south, uh, you know, like warm-up week, preview week. So yeah, if we go back to Super Rugby AU for uh, Friday 21st of August and Saturday 22nd of August, which was uh, Super Rugby AU round 8, uh, and it's sort of like two weekends back from when I'm doing this podcast now. 
Uh, so the first match was the Friday match, which was the Force at home to the Reds, though it was the Force playing uh, in the Gold Coast, which is effectively uh, the Reds at home. Uh, and the score was 57-5 to the Reds, so they gave the Force an absolute hiding uh, there on the Gold Coast. It was pretty impressive uh, from the Reds, uh, so well done there. Um, the second match, which I thought was going to be uh, very tasty, very exciting, just based on the form um, of the two teams. Uh, the Brumbies sort of tracking, sort of, sort of treading water, slightly tracking down uh, after a loss uh, and a bye. Uh, and the Waratahs having uh, you know, really surged back hard with a couple of really good wins. Uh, I thought it would be a great game or a very interesting game. Uh, and I did watch it, uh, but unfortunately the Brumbies were just far too good. They won it 38-11 at home in Canberra. Uh, there was a couple of pretty poor refereeing decisions, it must be said. Uh, but I don't think you can really say that you know, that was the difference you know, when you're talking about a 27-point margin. Uh, you know, the Waratahs were just, you know, completely outplayed in that match. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing, uh, especially for a neutral like myself who, you know, really wanted to, you know, basically, you know, get into that game and deep dive it, like I've said a few times before. Uh, but those were the first two games, or those were the games from uh, round eight, so like sort of two weekends back. Uh, I'll just tell you uh, what I did uh, inside of Superbrew, the predictive uh, website, and yeah, and then move on to the weekend just being, which is uh, around nine, or would be, or will be uh, around nine for, um, you know, Super Rugby AU. So this is the round eight from uh, two weekends back. So yeah, like I said, 57-5 uh, to the Reds. Uh, I picked the Reds by 12, and the Reds won by 52. So, you know, yeah, there you go. Um, second match, Brumbies 38-11. Uh, I had the Brumbies by three, and the Brumbies won by 27. So yeah, a couple of huge wins there for the Reds and for the Brumbies uh, in those round eight matches. Uh, just in terms of the Superbrew community, uh, the expectation was 92% expectation for the Reds to beat the Force, uh, which I think, in a way, is kind of a little bit low, uh, especially with it essentially being a home game uh, for the Reds, but there you go, uh, and then it was an 87% expectation that the Brumbies would beat the Waratahs at home, uh, which they certainly did, and then some. So, you know, those were the two games uh, from Super Rugby uh, AU Round 8, and then, yeah, we want to move on to Round 9, which was the weekend just being. So, again, just having a look at those games, uh, I watched the highlights of both, um, certainly the uh, you know Rebels Waratahs match was was pretty interesting. Um, Brumbies pretty efficient over the force, not looking a million dollars. The the game was actually relatively close uh, in their second half. Force got within three, I think, uh, at one stage in that second half. But the Brumbies scored a couple of converted tries to you know pretty comfortably put it on ice, uh, which also means that the Brumbies now have an unassailable lead with uh, one round remaining, much like the Crusaders, um, much like the position that the Crusaders were in uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, but maybe we can come back to the standings, you know, after I go through the games, like quickly go through the two games and uh, give you my margins or what happened on Superbrew. So yeah, uh, first match was Friday, uh, 28th of August, second match Saturday the 29th of August, so the weekend just being 
Uh, so first match, Brumbies at home to the Force, uh, and they were at home, uh, and it was 31-14 to the Brumbies. So, you know, good win, efficient win, did what they needed to do. Uh, I think they even got the bonus point uh, with uh, their uh, last try. Uh, so, you know, like, just ticked all the boxes for the Brumbies without being amazing. I, would, I think that's the best way of describing it. Um, and then, yeah, second match on the Saturday was a much tighter, much better comp contest. It was uh, the Rebels at home to the Waratahs, although the Rebels can't play in Victoria and or Melbourne. So, again, this one was uh, played out in West Sydney, I believe. So, you know, really it's kind of a home game for the Waratahs, uh, the Sydney team, if you will. But, yeah, uh, Waratahs got up 38-32. Uh, which was, uh, you know, pretty good result from them. Um, a real yo-yo uh, team at the moment because, like I just said, or like we just went through in uh, the round eight performance uh, the previous Saturday against the Brumbies, they just got absolutely handled uh, and lost that one by 27. Uh, and then, you know, turned it around a week later and beat, um, you know, a pretty good Rebels team. So, you know, well done to the Waratahs, um, you know, and then, yeah. There's not a lot that's to be played for, really. But yeah, again, I'll come back and talk maybe a little bit more about the standings after we just have a quick look at Super Brew there. So for the uh, Super Rugby AU Round 9 games, um, first one, uh, Brumbies 31-14 over the Force. So I picked the Brumbies by 17, and the Brumbies won by 17. So, you know, I picked that one on the nose, which is pretty satisfying. Um... And yeah, second match, uh, Waratahs nominally away, but basically playing in Sydney. They won at 38-32 over the Rebels. Uh, I had the Rebels to win by five, and the Waratahs won by six, so I didn't get that one. Um, yeah, just in terms of last thing to look at there, uh, Superbrew community. That's like 55,000 people, you know, doing the predictive um, betting or you know punditry, whatever, however you wanna. Uh, term that. Uh, so for the Brumbies, it was a 99% expectation that they would beat the Force. Uh, so, you know, there you go. I think that sort of says something about the Force, right? Uh, and then it was a 27% expectation that the Waratahs would beat the Rebels. So, yeah, that was quite a, quite an upset, quite a surprise. Uh, and I was not one of the people who picked that. I was not one of the 27% there. So yeah, that's the last couple of rounds of Super Rugby AU. Uh, I apologize that I wasn't able to basically do what I said I was going to do, which was uh, deep dive at least one, if not two, of those games. Um, but yeah, I just have to say, um, Force and even the Waratahs uh, the week before just really didn't come to the party and just haven't really made games competitive. Uh, and it's been a little bit tough as a neutral to, you know, really get passionate and dedicated about watching, you know, full games, um, you know, over the last couple of weekends. So, yeah, apologies about that. Uh, if we now just have a quick look at the standings and maybe have a look at the final week of Super Rugby AU, which will be, you know, Super Rugby AU round 10, um, you know, coming up this first weekend of September. Uh, the first match is going to be the Rebels uh, at home to the Force, although those are two complete journeyman teams. I don't think either team can actually play at home, so I'm assuming that game's probably going to be in Sydney, probably in West Sydney somewhere. Uh, and then the Reds at home to the Brumbies, which actually, again, should be a very good game, uh, and that should be a real home game for the Reds in Brisbane. Um, 
I guess you just have to think about Brumby's motivation. Um, there is, there are going to be semi-finals and finals uh, for this competition, and I believe both the Brumbies and the Reds have sewn up uh, first and second in the comp. So it's almost a little bit of a final, possibly, it's almost a bit of a final uh, dress rehearsal, uh, and both teams don't really have a lot to play for as neither can overtake each other or be overtaken. Uh, and they've both sewn up spots one and two. So yeah, maybe a little bit of a dead rubber, unfortunately, uh, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll try my best to actually watch that one and you know, perhaps deep dive it. It could be basically a, yeah, like I said, a dress rehearsal or a, like a, you know, a precursor to the final in a couple of weeks from now. So yeah, I think the last thing to do with uh, Sabropi AU is just to talk around the standings. So if we have a look, um, one more round left, so four teams left to play their final game. The Waratahs have already played all eight of their games and they'll be taking their second bye. Uh, but let's go through uh, what can happen or like you know where everybody is at with uh, one round left. So the Brumbies have played seven, they've won six, lost one, 28 points. Uh, so they're in first spot. The Reds have played seven, one four, one draw, two losses, and at 21 points in second place. Uh, the Waratahs played eight, one four, lost four, 19 points uh, in third place. And the Rebels played seven, one three, one draw, three losses, uh, and 15 points. Uh, they're in fourth spot. And the Force played seven, for no wins, no draws, and seven losses. Uh, and they're in fifth spot with uh, two points. So they're definitely gone, and I think they have been for at least a week or two by now. So yeah, basically the Super Rugby AU is gonna give, or going to play semifinals and finals um, after this weekend, uh, and the top four of five teams has already been decided there. Uh, the only thing that can really happen is if the Rebels are good enough to beat the Force, which you would kind of imagine they would be. Um, and obviously if they do it with a bonus point, they should actually be able to overtake the Waratahs and get third spot, even if they uh, just win, I think, pretty much. Uh, points differential for the Rebels would be favorable. Uh, they both, both the Waratahs and the Rebels would finish with four wins each. I think uh, points differential would be favorable for the Rebels as well. So even if they were locked on 19 competition points each, I'm pretty sure the Rebels would get third spot. Um, so that's pretty much the only thing that can happen is that you know the Rebels beat the Force and or beat them with a bonus point and get third spot, dropping the Waratahs who are having the bye down to fourth. Um, you know the Force have just basically got nothing to play for, uh, other than obviously trying to avoid being swept. Uh, you know 0 and 8, uh, much like the Chiefs were in uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, just in terms of the top two teams there, the Brumbies and Reds, like I said, they're finishing off by playing each other. It will be in Brisbane, but uh, both teams have effectively, you know, sewn up uh, one and two. The Brumbies are on 28 points, the Reds are on 21 points, the Waratahs are not playing, and then the Rebels are on 15 points. So, you know, even if the Rebels, uh, sorry, even if the Rebels do extremely well, get a bonus point win, the maximum they can get is 20 points in the competition. The Reds are already on 21. So yeah, there's not a lot going on there. And then, you know, if the Reds have a great game at home 
uh, the Brumbies maybe rest and rotate, don't take the game too seriously, uh, or whatever. Um, the Reds just play magnificent. Uh, they can, at best, only get to 26 points, and the Brumbies are already on 28. So yeah, not a huge amount left uh, in this final round to play for. The uh, yeah, basically the four teams have decided, and you know, really, I guess it's just do the Reds host the Rebels, uh, or do they host the Waratahs? You know, do the Brumbies host the Waratahs, or do they host the Rebels? Uh, not too much diff there, I don't think. But yeah, uh, we'll try my best to, to cover or have a have a you know to watch uh, the Reds at home to the Brumbies. And hopefully both teams are taking it fairly seriously. Uh, but I am a little bit skeptical about that, uh, you know, just with the fact that, you know, both teams are going to have home semifinals the following weekend, no matter what happens. Uh, and then obviously they won't want to be giving too much away because it's very likely that those two teams will be meeting each other in a final uh, in two weeks' time. So, yeah, uh, a little bit of a strange ending, or not a strange ending, but just maybe a, peter, a petering out, really, of Super Rugby AU at present. A little bit of a phony war, I guess. Uh, and then hopefully the you know semifinals and final uh, after this weekend coming up. So not this first weekend of September, but the following two uh, rounds, or final two like playoff rounds, or uh, finals rounds. Hopefully they're a little bit more exciting, a little bit more meaningful. But yeah, pretty much uh, going to leave it there in terms of uh, Super Rugby AU. And yeah, going to come back and do a quick second part looking at North-South uh, for the upcoming weekend, first weekend of September uh, over in New Zealand. Part 2, uh, North versus South uh, from New Zealand. So yeah, uh, it's going to be played uh, behind closed doors in Wellington, I believe. Uh, like I've said a couple of times at the start of this podcast, apologies, but very busy over the last week or so. Haven't really been following too much of my uh, New Zealand and or rugby news, but I am pretty sure that the game has been given the go-ahead. The Auckland players have been released from their uh, you know, level 3 kind of lockdown or uh, quarantine, like citywide containment or quarantine. So you know, basically everybody's going to be available. Uh, it's going to be a game behind closed doors and it's going to be played in Wellington. Pretty sure I've got all of that right. Um, but yeah, like I said as well, uh, we'll definitely come back on the Friday. We'll try my utmost best to get in at least even like a short 15-20 minute podcast and you know really preview the teams that are actually named uh, probably on the Thursday like this coming Thursday uh, you know at the start of September uh, you know two days before the actual game is played uh, you know they will actually announce their teams from the squads they have and I will really have a good look at it then uh, but right now I still don't really know uh, if any players have succumbed to injury uh, and or have, you know, like bereavement leave or uh, paternity leave or, or whatever, right? Like in the modern world these days, you know, uh, you know people get picked for things, but they uh, kind of pull out if, uh, you know, life gets in the way. And, uh, you know, I'm not really making uh, any judgment on that, fair enough. But, um, you know, sometimes uh, people get scratched, um, you know, pretty quickly or kind of get pulled out of games. Uh, for things that are going on in their life. That was certainly going to be the case with uh, the likes of uh, like Richie Mwanga and TJ Piranara recently having, uh, having babies, I believe. But I believe those guys, plus pretty much everybody else who's important to the North-South match, 
they're all going to be available uh, for this coming match or like you know this coming weekend so today yeah, is uh, Monday August 31st so I'm getting a little bit lost in terms of uh, what would that be so will that be the 5th I believe right yeah so I'll be September 5th will be uh, the game so the game's going to be played on September 5th in Wellington so hopefully uh, on uh, Friday, September 4th, I'll be able to do a second po uh, podcast and really go to town on the actual team team lineups and what I think of those team namings. But what I want to do now is just a little bit of a theoretical. Um, I'm going to go back to, or I've gone back to a Stuff article, like a Stuff Rugby uh, article from mid-August when the teams were first announced. So this article is from uh, August 18th when the uh, squads were first announced, so that's a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think actually the squads might have been announced on August uh, 17th. I think they were announced on the Monday, actually. But anyways, um, the article is from August 18th, uh, and I had the two squads in front of me, uh, and like I haven't updated it for, like I said, injuries or bereavement or paternal leave or paternity leave or whatever. Um, I've just gone with uh, who's in the north, who's in the south, and basically, you know, if I was to, or if I had to pick, uh, you know, a All Blacks team for, uh, or an All Blacks, yeah, basically an All Blacks 23 for an international, uh, say, in mid to late September, uh, based on those north and south players, based on those two squads, what would it look like? So I'm going to go through that now, uh, and yeah, just give you my rundown. So yeah, let's start off with the forwards. So this would be my front row. Uh, again, uh, just if you're listening to this and you hear names are missing, it's because they're not in the north-south squads that I'm using from, say, August 18th, when the squads were initially announced. That, or I've just you know decided that I don't rate a player, and I rate another player higher, I guess. But basically, I'm only picking players that were actually announced in the North or South squads as of like mid-August, two weeks ago. So here's my uh, front row. Uh, I've got uh, one, Joe Moody, two, Cody Taylor, and three, Offa Tonga Fasi. So I've got, you know, Moody as my tight, Tonga Fasi as my open, uh, you know, open, uh, tight head, open head uh, for my props. And I've got Cody Taylor as my hooker. Uh, if we go to the locks, I've got Sam Whitelock at 4 and Patrick Tuipelotu at 5. Now, I think both kind of like to be at the front of the lineup. I think they both kind of like to be 4, but I think, um, you know, I think you'd have to give it to Sam Whitelock at 4 and push uh, Tuipelotu uh, to the back uh, or, you know, push him to 5, uh, jumping at 2nd in the lineup. Uh, 6, 7, 8 for me, I've got 6, uh, Shannon Frizzell. Seven Adi Savia and eight Akira Yuani. So that might be uh, an annoying pick for some, but yeah, maybe I'll come back and explain it a little bit later. So on to the backs. I've got Aaron Smith at nine, Richie Moanga at ten. So those would be my halves. Uh, in the midfield, uh, twelve thirteen. I've got Anton Leonard Brown and Jack Goodhue. Uh, for my wings, I've got eleven Jordy Barrett and fourteen Sever Reese. And my fullback would be Bowden Barrett. So yeah, uh, that would be my starting 15. Uh, might as well continue on and have a look at, like, round out the 23, have a look uh, at a full squad. 
So uh, I would have Asafa Amoa as my 16 uh, backup hooker. I'd have Kyle Tuinokiafe as 17, uh, backing up Joe Moody, uh, the tight head prop. I'd have Nepo Laulala backing up Ofatunga Fasi as uh, the open open head or open side. Uh, open head, tight head, open head. Sorry, I'm not very good with the props. Uh, my open head prop. Um, I'd have Mitchell Dunshe as my lock cover, 19 Mitchell Dunshe. And I'd have Dylan Hunt as my flanker cover, uh, basically backing up seven. So just to recap that again quickly. Um, 16, Asafa Amoa, 17, Kao Tuanokiafe, 18, Nepo Laulala, 19, Mitchell Dunche, and 20, Dylan Hunt. So that would be my five forward reserves. Uh, into the backs, uh, 21, 22, 23. So 21, I would have TJ Perinara backing up Aaron Smith, backing up halfback. Uh, 22, I'd have Rico Yuane uh, backing up the midfield, basically backing up centre and obviously being able to cover the wings as well. And at 23, I'd have George Bridge, again, backing up the wings and fullback. So 21, TJ Perinara, 22, Rico Yuane, 23, George Bridge. So yeah, definitely probably a few missing names there. Um, if you're pretty familiar with uh, you know, New Zealand rugby, there might be a few head scratches there for you. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll just quickly go back through the units, if you will. Uh, and try and justify my picks. So, you know, the front row, I think it pretty much picks itself at present, especially does if you're looking at those squads or the, you know, the north-south squads that were announced, uh, you know, just, you know, two weeks back, August 18th is the uh, article date that I have. So, you know, that's Joe Moody as uh, tight head, um, Cody Taylor as hooker, and Ofatunga Fassi as loose head. Uh, I think I was saying open head before, which is pretty silly of me, right? So apologies, have my terminology wrong. Uh, you know, tight head prop and loose head prop. Sorry about that. So yeah, one Joe Moody, two Cody Taylor hooker, and then three Ofatunga Fasi. I think that front row kind of picks itself at, at present. Uh, then you go into the locks, four and five. Uh, Sam Whitelock, four. Patrick Tui Peloto, five. Now again, uh, I think both like to play at the front of the lineup. Both kind of like to play four, but I think you obviously see seniority to Sam Whitelock. I think he'd be your captain as well in the absence of uh, Sam Kane. Uh, and then you know Patrick Tui below two would have to like basically jump at four in the lineup, or like you know basically at the back of the lineup or, or the the middle of the lineup, if you will. Um, yeah, not doing a great job uh, with the forwards. Apologies, uh, or explaining some of that terminology. Uh, then we have a look at the loose forwards, 6, 7, 8. So I think 6, Shannon Fazell, you have to include that man, and I think you have to start him at 6. He's just been amazing for the Highlanders over the, the certainly the back half of uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa competition. Uh, 7, Adi Savia, obviously you play him there because there's no Sam Kane. Uh, and then 8, I would give it to Akira Yuane, which might be a bit of a head-scratcher to some. But I think if you have a look at the players he is up against for that position, it really comes down to himself, Adi Savia, and Hoskins Satutu. And with uh, you know Sam Kane being out of uh, the North-South squads, I think Adi has to start seven. Uh, and then it's really just a straight shootout between Akira Yuane uh, and Hoskins Satutu. And I just think you know Akira Yuane has been around Super Rugby a lot longer. He has All Black 7's experience, 
and he even has peripheral or black experience. So I think you just have to give him the nod, uh, especially because Hoskins Tutu only really got through about half a Super Rugby Aotearoa season, uh, or you know, like he only played in the first sort of like five or six rounds of that competition, uh, and was sort of out of things for the, the last sort of four or five matches or four or five rounds. Uh, and then he basically has not much of a first-class record slash body of work uh, to back him up. So that's why I would be going with Akira Ioane for the, for the eight role and for the start. Uh, if we may as well stay with the forwards and look at the five, um, you know, forwards, uh, forward replacements that I've got there, the, the forwards bench. So 16, I've gone with Asafa Amor. Now, I think you could definitely make the case to go with, say, Liam Coltman. Uh, who was in the Rugby World Cup squad, uh, but probably more uh, pressing would be Ash Dixon, who really sort of, um, you know, superseded, quite quite clearly superseded uh, Liam Coltman at the Highlanders, was a co-captain, played a lot of big minutes, a lot of important minutes. Uh, but I think you would probably just have to say hat tip to youth there. Like Asafa Amor also played a lot for the Hurricanes, especially with... Um, uh, Dan Cole's not really being, um, you know, particularly uh, free of injury, really. Like, you know, he was constantly sort of like taking a week off here, a week off there, getting scratched pretty early uh, after half time in a lot of games. So Asafa Amor like played a lot for the Hurricanes too, uh, and was very good. So I'm basically going with him as the as the backup hooker to Cody Taylor, uh, with with youth in mind. Uh, and also the fact that, again, he does have some peripheral or black experience. Uh, Ash Dixon has more first-class experience. Ash Dixon has, you know, like New Zealand Maori experience, but he doesn't really have all black pedigree. So I would be going with the youth there. I'd be going with Asafa Amor. Um, yeah, moving on there. Uh, if we have a look at 17, uh, reserve prop, Kao Tuanukiafe. So that's basically backing up Joe Moody as, you know, tight head prop. I think it's pretty key that uh, you have an out-and-out tight head like specialist uh, to come on uh, you're certainly going to need him like Joe Moody's not going to play 80 minutes um, which is a little bit unlucky I guess for like there seems to be a number of uh, like sort of loose loose head props uh, in the New Zealand game at present uh, like you know you could throw a blanket over like Tonga Afase, Lau Lala and even Tyrell Lomax I believe um, but I think Lomax doesn't really make this team uh, because he's really more of an open or more of a uh, loose head prop than a tight head. So 17, Kao Tuanukiafe is backing up Joe Moody, uh, tight head prop. And then that means Nepo Laulala is basically my open or my loose head, right? He's like my, my open side or my loose head prop backing up Ofatunga Fasi from 18. On to uh, 19, uh, basically the lock replacement, that's Mitchell Dunche. So again, that might be a little bit of a head-scratcher for some, uh, but you just have to look at like who's available, really. Uh, and unfortunately for New Zealand, you know, Brody Retallick is out with a sabbatical, essentially. Uh, Scott Barrett's been out with a season-ending injury. Uh, and then you have, a look at the, you have a look at the likes of like Josh Dixon and Putty Putty Parkinson, uh, both succumbing to injuries during uh, you know Super Rugby Aotearoa and the locking slots just get really really low basically in New Zealand uh, and I guess you could also add in uh, the loss of Cullen Grace pretty early for the Crusaders as well although they often play him at six but he really is kind of like a, a six lock 
uh, much in the, the Scott Barrett mold, but again, not available or like certainly didn't play pretty didn't basically didn't play much uh, past halfway mark of uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. So yeah, that's why I've gone with Mitchell Dunshay because you know you need an out and out you know reserve lock, or I'm certainly saying you need it, and I'm picking it. Uh, and really, it it would be a shootout between Mitchell Dunshay um, from the Crusaders uh, and I guess Scott Scrafton from the from the Hurricanes. And again, I think you just sort of have to hat tip more towards youth. Um, you know, Scott Scrafton doesn't really have any kind of representative body of work behind him. He's just a good blues player who's now had a really good season at the Hurricanes. Uh, he's got he's established. He's quite experienced at a first class level, but he doesn't really have representative honours in terms of uh, you know like New Zealand Maori or uh, the All Blacks. Uh, neither does Mitchell Dunche, as far as I'm aware. But he's just got youth on his side, so I'd just be picking him uh, for the future, if you will, uh, especially in the absence of about four other players that I would pick ahead of him. So that's my reasoning there for, for Mitchell Dunche at 19, backing up uh, Sam Whitelock and Patrick Tuipilotu. Uh, and then my number 20, which would be backing up uh, the back row, uh, or the loose forwards, uh, that would be Dylan Hunt. And I'd be going for an out-and-out out seven, because uh, to, I think you would be starting Adi Saver at seven, but probably finishing him at eight, possibly six. You know, you would move him out of seven, uh, towards the back end of the game and then I think you want another seven to come on and you know really you know fetch for you and scrap and you know and graft for you so that's why I wouldn't really have a backup six eight I'd have a backup seven i.e. Dylan Hunt and then I would shift Adi Savia to either like most likely to eight uh, and sub out Akira Ioane but you know possibly sub out Shannon Frizzell you know if he's having a bad performance uh, etc. So that's sort of the reasoning, or that's my reasoning for maybe some of those more inexperienced and or uh, head-scratching picks, uh, certainly on the forwards bench uh, from me. Uh, if I go into the backs now, um, so I've got Aaron Smith and Richie Moonga. I think that sort of just speaks for itself, really. Um, I really don't believe that you could with could genuinely say that Bowden Barrett deserves to start at 10 um, after the body of work that Richie Moonga put together and obviously Aaron Smith was just absolutely incredible uh, at halfback uh, throughout the entire you know Super Rugby Aotearoa campaign so they definitely start 9-10. Uh, in the midfield 12-13 I've got Anton Leonard-Brown at 12 and Jack Goodhue at 13 so Jack Goodhue played a lot of the Super Rugby Aotearoa campaign at 12 um, but he really is a very natural, very comfortable 13, and that's where he's got most of his all-black test experience, almost all of it, I think. Uh, and then Anton Leonard-Brown has the ability to play 12-13 and even out on the wing. He's very versatile, uh, but I think uh, with the absence of Nani Laumape, um, you know, you'd really have to say he is the, the rock, or he's like a rock-solid lock pick for, for 12, to certainly to start 12 as an all-black. Um, if that leaves us with the back three, so I've got at 11 uh, on the uh, right wing, is that right? No, the left wing, sorry. On the left wing, I've got uh, Jordy Barrett. Uh, on the right wing, I've got Sevi Reese. So that so Jordy Barrett, 11, Sevi Reese, 14, and then I've got Bowden Barrett at fullback at 15. So that's 
for me, that's a little bit of a weakness. It's a little bit of a weak call. But again, I think it's a hat tip to sort of just experience, um, hat tip to quality, basically. Like, I really don't feel like Boda Barrett should actually start at either 10 or 15. I think, you know, Richie Moonga really should start 10 and does in my team. And I think Jordy Barrett really should play 15. But I just don't feel like anybody can actually bench Bowden Barrett. He's just kind of at that Dan Carter style level at the moment uh, in his career. Uh, and it would just sort of be sacrilege to have him, say, wearing 22 or 23 uh, in an All Blacks team uh, at present. So, you know, the, the, my concession there is to actually shift Jordy Barrett uh, to the left wing, uh, which is pretty unfortunate for a couple of other players. Uh, with Jordy Barrett on that left wing, I think you're getting kind of like a second fullback. You're getting a lot of dependability. So I think you want, uh, you know, some out-and-out dynamic uh, play from, from your right winger, which is going to be Sevi Reese. Uh, hence the reason why the likes of, say, uh, George Bridge, but even like uh, Will Jordan, etc. That's why they miss out. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what I'm doing there in the backs in the back three. Uh, so if we have a look at the three uh, back reserves of the back bench for the team. Uh, Twenty one is T.J. Perinara backing up Aaron Smith at halfback. Twenty two would be Rico Yuane, uh, essentially backing up the midfield slash uh, thirteen uh, Jack Goodhue. Uh, but obviously he's a quality player that could play on the wings as well and has played a lot for the All Blacks over the last like three or four years uh, you know, at wing. So you could obviously play him uh, if needs be on the wing, but I think now we're trying to transition him to being more of a centre uh, and he would be backing up Jack Goodhue there. Uh, and then 23 would be George Bridge, who again would be very unlucky to miss out on the start, uh, but having him at 23 really does cover the entire back three. You could obviously uh, start him uh, on either wing, probably, preferably the uh, 11 on the left wing, uh, but you could also play him 14, the right wing, and obviously fullback as well. He's just a very solid, dependable player. So yeah, those would be my uh, back reserves, if you will. Um, yeah, and then maybe just to finish off there, I mean, what would I look to do? I'd probably maybe just pretty much might leave it at that. I think I've just talked enough about a, you know, uh, a dream team, if you will, or a theoretical team. So 20 minutes of talk there. But, um, you know, the, the way I would see, say, the back line, for example, well, how would you see the game finishing, basically? So I would see Joe Moody subbed out for Carl Tuanukiafe. I'd see Cody Taylor subbed out for Safa Amor and Ofotonga Fase subbed out for Nepalalala. So, you know, obviously, you know, your front row has been subbed out, uh, you know, probably with like 20, 25 to go kind of thing, right? Uh, I'd probably see Mitchell Dunche get a look uh, towards the end for Patrick Tuipelotu, and I'd see uh, Dylan Hunt come on for, uh, at seven, uh, for Adi Savia, and then I'd have Adi Savia rotate to eight and sub out Akira Iwane. So that's what I'd do in the forwards. Uh, in terms of the backs, uh, Aaron Smith would, uh, or TJ Perin, yeah, Aaron Smith would sub out for TJ Perinara uh, at halfback. Uh, Richie Mwanga would sub out for a Bowden Barrett, who would move into 10 from 15. Uh, Geordie Barrett would uh, push across from 11 from his wing to fullback. Uh, I think Anton Leonard Brown would play a full 80. Uh, Jack Goodhue would sub out for Rico Ioane. 
uh, Sever Reese would play a full 80, uh, and George Bridge would play in replace of Geordie Barrett uh, on the left wing. Uh, probably the only other thing that could happen there is if Richie Mwanga is having another outstanding game and you really wanted to give him a full 80, which he probably deserves, you could maybe push him one out to 12, uh, and then you know perhaps uh, sub out Anton Leonard-Brown and Jack Goodhue finish the match with, say, Richie Mwanga at 12 and Rico Ioane at 13, which would be, uh, like, pretty interesting, I think, with, you know, Bowden Barrett running things at 10 and Geordie Barrett, his brother, uh, you know, sort of controlling things at fullback. I think that would be a pretty good finishing team. So, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, but uh, getting pretty excited for this North-South game. It's been a couple of weeks of sort of down period or downtime. Uh, Hurricanes were pretty disappointing in that final week of Super Rugby Aotearoa, and then we didn't actually get the Blues-Crusaders match, and then there's been, you know, another week of downtime, or another couple of weeks of downtime since then as well. So, yeah, we're certainly really looking forward to that North-South match. Uh, there's probably been one or two injuries, there's probably been one or two uh, players that have been scratched uh, from the squads that I've been using to, you know, make up this uh, All Black Dream Team, if you will. Uh, or basically my all-black team of, say, mid-September, if, if one was required. Um, but, you know, yeah, we'll actually have a look at the true teams and who really is playing, who really is starting um, on Friday. That'll be my goal, get a second podcast in for the week, um, you know, and really talk about the reality of the uh, Saturday match coming up, September 5th. Should be a good one. So, yeah, just pretty much going to leave it at that. Hopefully uh, that was a little bit enjoyable. Hopefully you could follow along there with uh, all the players. Uh, but yeah, it would be pretty cool. Uh, or like, you know, I think it's definitely something that, you know, New Zealanders love to do is, uh, you know, like pick their all-black team, if you will, because it's, uh, it's always like a, a little bit of a head-scratcher or it's always a, a little bit of a difficult one. And there's many contentious selections that, you know, you have to, you have to decide on. And, uh, you know, pretty easy to get a ribbing uh, from many people. Everybody's got their own opinion, right? So yeah, gonna leave it at that. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit down at the moment in terms of just rugby for me, uh, but this North South game coming up this weekend should pick things back up. Uh, and then following that, a week after, it will be the start of uh, the Mitre Ten Cup, which is New Zealand's provincial competition, and I'll certainly be back into that and uh, you know giving you. Uh, my opinions about those teams uh, and that competition which you know I really love and I hope uh, you love it too and or uh, you're interested in uh, supporting it this year because I think there'll be some really high quality rugby with uh, a lot more all black involvement uh, and a lot of returning uh, senior players uh, also looking to play uh, in the competition as well so it should be pretty awesome. So yeah, uh, thank you very much. So doing this podcast on Anchor FM now, just the audio, not doing the video podcasts uh, through YouTube. It's uh, a lot easier to prepare. It's just a lot easier to deliver. I just prefer it, I think. Uh, certainly tried it out over the last sort of like few weeks, the last month, and I think it's been a lot better. So that's going to be the way that I'm going to do things. Um, yeah, so you can get this audio podcast through Anchor but you can also get it on Spotify and maybe another five to ten other podcasting platforms that have picked it up as well. Uh, so yeah, please uh, find me any way, shape or form there. Um, and the other thing to do is I've got a Facebook 
uh, page uh, called the Rugby Gods Podcast. So yeah, if you use Facebook, then please, um, you know, have a look, see if you can find that that uh, Facebook page, the Rugby Gods Podcast, uh, and give me a like there. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I post these uh, podcasts there, and I also, you know, chuck a few comments out there, a few ideas, maybe a few memes, a few photos, etc. Like a little bit of extra content is there as well. So yeah, please give me a like, check it out. That'd be awesome. Uh, and the other thing is uh, Twitter, I guess. Uh, I don't really use Twitter at all, but I did create an account for the Rugby Gods podcast um, maybe a couple of months ago. Uh, and from time to time, I, I usually dump, you know, like four, five, six podcasts at a time there. So, you know, if you are on Twitter, um, yeah, maybe see if you can find me and follow me there. That'd be awesome too. But I don't really use it very much. I'm going to try my best to be a little bit more um, efficient or a little bit more organized uh, about using that part of social media. So, yeah, thanks a lot. I'm going to peace out there uh, a little bit long, perhaps. But, yeah. Uh, life at present a little bit busy uh, and rugby a little bit quiet but yeah I think things are going to change a lot in the next like week or two uh, with the north-south game and the start of Mighty 10 Cup so looking forward to that so yeah I hope life is going well for you and yeah I'll talk to you pretty soon hopefully this Friday before uh, the north-south game and when we really know who is playing who in this sort of like brother on brother or big brother North Island versus little brother South Island uh, clash. It should be a really good one. I hope you uh, I hope you watch it. I hope you're following it. I hope you're interested in it. Uh, it should be some really good rugby. So yeah, uh, I'm going to leave it at there. And uh, yeah, so bye for now. Kakite noa. See you later.